This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. We'll get you back to your regularly scheduled podcast in just a minute. But we wanted to introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake on this highly produced advertisement. That's right. It's the History of Bad Ideas, a.k.a. Hobie. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast and on Facebook at the History of Bad Ideas. But if you like a podcast uh, roundtable with three to five guests, usually every week, depending on sick leave, uh, talking about all things geek, including movies, TV, I ain't getting paid for this shit. Blake bitching about something and ranting, uh, and comic books and anything else that we can think of. We have a top five list every week, along with a box office news, and somehow we have listeners, so they send us some feedback we answer every week. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify, and any good podcast app, because if you can't find us on that podcast app, it's not a good podcast app. Damn straight. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Welcome to episode 319 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... How many times... Come on, I get an emergency alert. (laughs) Right in the middle of that, yeah. How many times do you have to see the evidence? How many times must a point be made? We're causing our own extinction. Too many red lines have been crossed. And our home has, in fundamental ways been polluted by avarice and political megalomania. Genetic power has been unleashed, and of course, that's going to be catastrophic. This change was inevitable from the moment we brought the first dinosaur back from extinction. We convinced ourselves that sudden change is something that happens outside the normal order of things, like a car crash, or that it's beyond our control, like a fatal illness. We don't conceive of sudden, radical, irrational change as woven in the very fabric of existence. Yet I can assure you, it most assuredly is. And it's happening now. Humans and dinosaurs are now going to be forced to coexist. These creatures were here before us, and if we're not careful, they're going to be here after. We're going to have to adjust to a new threat that we can't imagine. We've entered a new era. Welcome to Jurassic World. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little gold bloom for you. Yeah. yeah. How are you, sir? I'm good. Yourself? Oh, I'm I'm fabu. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lot going on in the world of Sean Coon. Really? Oh yeah. I'll start with the um a, a continuation of last week's story about my phone. Oh, okay. Okay. So the phone arrives Monday. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and I arrived just, just before I was going to work. So I just put the box aside, like, okay, great. Here's the phone. And uh, 
and I went on my merry way. So I come home Monday night, figuring I'll just set this bad boy up. Uh-huh. How fucking hard can it be? And it really isn't that hard. In all, in all honesty, I got everything set up on the on the new phone. Like it it, it cloned my phone perfectly. Uh-huh. Every, that that was all done seamlessly. Downloaded the new software. Everything I needed to do to get the phone set up. Went to AT and T's website. Started the process of activating the new phone and deactivating the old phone. Uh-huh. And that's where I ran into problems. Okay. You see, my AT&T account is set up on a website that I really don't use anymore. Uh-huh. I still have it. Like, I can still act, like access it. It's not like it's that bad. But it's just it's like one of those accounts that I just ended up using. Like, here's where I send all my junk mail. When I sign up for something, mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, you'll get ex- extra points if you do this or something. Like, you know, sign up for this. You know, we'll send you emails, shit like that. It all goes to this this account. I, which so I never even look at it anymore. The problem became AT and T, as part of the process, needed me to to like click on an email, like you know, to verify I was who I said I was. Right. Well, that email address was full. Okay. Fifteen thousand unread emails. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't get to it. Like it just it wasn't there, and I I went through the process of, of deleting all fifteen thousand emails, yeah. which took about an hour, uh-huh. and I got it done. But I, by the time I got that done, what I was trying to do had timed out, mm-hmm. and then every time I tried to go back and get it completed, it just it wouldn't work. So I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I spent my entire night Monday night when I got home from work. <laughs> like three hours of me trying to activate this fucking phone. Yeah. It just didn't work. So I was like. So, I mean, Tuesday, it was simple. I just went to an AT&T store. They swapped out the SIM card. Bing, bang, boom, you're done. Really? Yeah. It was like really simple to do. Yeah. It was just, you know. And I figured that's all they, they were going to do was just swap out the SIM card. It was either going to be one of two things. They're either going to do it electronically in uh-huh. their system or and the guy was just like, hey, it's an iPhone. This is simple. I just swap out the SIM card. Yeah. I'm like, motherfucker. You know, I would have done that at home. Right. <laughs> you know, I just needed a small enough screwdriver. <laughs> you know, right. that's it. That's all I needed. Just pop that door open and swap them out. So, so that guy, but it, it was just like, like this. I was like so frustrated Monday night, like trying to just get it to work. Right. You know, so. That was that. And then um, I, I was on vacation. Ooh, cool air. Yeah. <laughs> um, me and Nancy went and looked at a, a house to rent, and we're, we're going to rent it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's exciting news. Where at? It's in White Oak. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's on State Street. Okay. Yeah. Getting local here. I'll like, what the fuck? Yeah. But, yeah, it's... um. Nice three bedroom place. Uh-huh. It's actually nice. Like it's like really nice. Uh-huh. Um nice little yard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Nancy's happy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So like we're not moving in. Like we're our move in date with the landlord, the new landlord is gonna be August first. Uh-huh. But we're not moving we're not gonna be completely moved out until September first. So Yeah. 
That's cool. Yeah. Oh, that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's rain. It's it it's it it's raining really bad here. <laughs> like if, and Nancy just got out of work. Yeah. And her route home is flooded. And so she doesn't know her way around that. Right. So she called me to give her directions to get her out of that. So <laughs> that's that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, getting back to what I was saying, like, yeah, so we're going to be moving out in a couple of months, which is interesting. I mean, I've been in the same place since 2002. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be a weird feeling living somewhere else. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, we... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was a nice house. It's got a big-ass kitchen. Nancy was just like, this is a big-ass kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, nice little dining room. I kind of wish the, uh, the living room was larger, but I'll live with that. You know? Right. And the only problem I had was... It's a McKeesport basement. It's an old. It's an old house. Yeah. Like it's like weird. Like I mean, it has like uh, the fireplace is in the dining room, and then like, uh, like straight up, is they also have fireplaces in the two bedrooms. Yeah. You know, because it's all along the chimney, which was kind of neat. I mean, they're 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 sealed off. You can't use them. Yeah. But um, it was kind of like a neat like. Yeah, you know, it's like a, definitely a McKeesport house. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the basement, the problem with the, va- is the basement is it's like four feet. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so like I get down there and it's just like I'm all crotched down and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll have tales of woe <laughs> for the next two months with that. So next three months, I guess, because we'll move. We're the moving date. Yeah, well, two months now because the moving date's August first and. We'll be out of our apartment by September 1st. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was, uh, that's what I got going on. Cool. I, what have you been up to? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nah. Nah. I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched anything. Yeah. I did watch, I started watching last week and I finished up yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, Neon Genesis Evolution. Okay. Which is a, um, it's a Japanese anime. Uh, it's from the 90s. Uh-huh. And it's one of those ones that, like, when people talk about Japanese anime, uh-huh. it's one of the ones that people bring up. Okay. You know, I kind of, like, I missed it. Because it's, like, it's 26 episodes for, like, the series. And then there's, like, two or three movies uh-huh. afterwards. But like at the time, like it, 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 you could, it was only available once on DVD, in like this uber expensive box set. Otherwise, the only way you could find it was like on VHS, and it was like two episodes per VHS. Wow! wow. Like yeah, I mean, it was like ridiculous, and um, so I never got to see it. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things I was always like, you know, I should watch this. I'd, I'd love to see this at some point, and it finally became available on Netflix. And people made a huge deal over this. Like, I can't believe Neon Genesis Evolution is, is available on Netflix. It's streaming. This is amazing. This is like a, a coup for Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. I'll give it a watch. It was batshit crazy. Really? Like, at first I'm into it. Like, the first... 
20 episodes. I'm there with it. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm following the story. Episodes 20 through 26 go off on this rail that I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And the ending, like the last two episodes, mm-hmm. I, it, I can't figure the fuck out. <laughs> I've even gone I, I, to the point like I've gone on like Wikipedia and I've gone to other sites that like I need this like translated for me like what the fuck did I miss? Yeah. And then the movies like there's one the one movie is like what they originally planned as the ending yeah. and it's even more batshit crazy. Really? Yeah. Like I'm like again like and like I'm, I'm following like it's an hour and a half I'm like following along like the first forty five minutes I'm right there with it I'm okay I'm like. I'm not quite getting it, but I, I get it, okay. And then it just once again just goes like flying off on a rail, and we're just like, "Holy shit!" What? And it's like it, bringing in the Dead Sea Scrolls and like all this religious um, uh, depiction, and I, I was just like, you know, like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I was just like, okay, I'm, you know, like I I get it, like I get why it was like this this. This seminal piece of like the artwork is beautiful, yeah. And like like the TV show and the movies, the artwork is just amazing. You're, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like typical '90s anime animation where you're just like, oh, wow, that's like they took their time to do this right. Yeah, yeah. And everything else, but like I, I, I'm just I'm watching it. And I'm just like, the fuck. <laughs> Like and, and you expect a little bit of that, right? Right. From anime, like none of it's ever quite like basic storytelling. Like you know, you could tell me like Akira is like this seminal, like the probably the the most beloved anime outside of like Spirited Away and Princess Moonsuke and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Like like Akira is like one like one of those like you know. Touchstone anime that was like, you haven't seen Akira? Yeah. You know, and Akira's batshit crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. I can follow it to a certain extent, but like, it's still batshit crazy. One of my all-time favorites, Bubblegum Crisis. Batshit crazy some of the stuff that goes on in that thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but this was even more so. Like, it, it went so far off a rail. I was just like, and this is why I stopped watching this shit. Yeah. Like really, <laughs> you know, like it. It's like uh, you know, too much. Yeah, it's it's too much, and, and so like I'm glad I watched it. I can say like I could check that off of like my list of like you know things I should have seen over the years. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, man, that's that's time in my life I ain't getting back. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. so. <clears throat> I also watched um, the Da Vinci Code. Okay. I'd never seen it before. Oh, really? Yeah. I watched the Da Vinci Code and I watched Angels and Demons. Because they're on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. It was like one of those things where I was like, yeah, I like like Ron Howard. I like Tom Hanks. Let's give us a try. Mm. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. You didn't like it? Well, no, it wasn't that I didn't like it. Like, I mean, it told a solid story. Both of them, like both movies, I thought told a solid story. Um, I, I, I'm sure the books are probably much better. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, you know, but having never read the books either, I'm just like, yeah, it told a good story. Yeah, you know, yeah. I followed along. I was right there. But like, especially with um, 
the Da Vinci Code. Like, yeah, because it gets into, like, religious dogma. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what did the church really withhold? What's re- what's true? What's not true? You know, and, you know, they even, like, the, the, the Da Vinci Code even changes, like, you know, what the Holy Grail is. Yeah. It's really the cup of Christ. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, it's it's well done. It's good storytelling. But, like, I've, I've said this years ago on on this podcast. Like, I get squirmish with shit like that sometimes. Yeah. Like, it just, because of my, my own faith. is I'm not saying I'm a good Christian or anything. But I definitely have my beliefs in what God is and what Jesus did and all that stuff, kind of stuff. But this kind of messes with that. And you're just like, ugh. Uh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> you know. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I, I mean, like you know, I just am. Hmm. It's a it's a weird thing about me. Like anytime, I like I like it. Them. Yeah, like I mean, I enjoyed the movies, but like I mean, when it like when you get to the like the major reveal at the end, like halfway through the movie, and like what the Grail is, yeah, and everything that's involved with it, and like I get it, but I was like, ah, oh, man, hmm, uh. I'm not comfortable with this at all. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hmm. I know that's weird. Like, I'm not, I don't go to church, like, but, like, I, I definitely have a faith of some type. And, like, anytime something, like, questions that faith. Yeah. Like, dogma I'm not uncomfortable with. <laughs> because, it, like, it, 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 like, I can see, like, you know, Jesus having brothers and sisters. Yeah. Like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, where, you know, Mary Magdalene being the cup of Christ. Eh, <laughs> you know, that, that was like, yeah, yeah. oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me, uh, hmm, huh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I never yeah. felt that way. Yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, you and I also have very different aspects of, like, even we were both raised... The same way you you've obviously moved in a different direction from religion than I did. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not a fan of organized religion, but I still have my own faith and beliefs, I guess. And sure, you know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So that was interesting. I I, I enjoyed both movies. I, I you know, and I mean the second one with the great Ewan McGregor. I mean, you have to watch that. <laughs> you know. He was good in it. He was. He was very good in it. Yeah, that was a good story. Yeah. I mean, it, it told a very good story. And I, and I liked, with that one, like, it dealt with, like, it is, like, a question that you have to ask. Like, how does the church deal with science? Yeah. You know, like, and it's a, it's not a religious one, but it's kind of become a political one in a lot of ways. Because, like, you know, you know, we deal with people who on both the right and the left who kind of like say science is bad for yeah. certain, like, you know, on the left, you got people who are like, you know, they're the anti-vaxxers. Yeah. You know, they're the ones who are like, you know, vaccines are horrible for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm never going to vaccine my child. And you're like, really? <laughs> you know, yeah. but on the right, I mean like, you know, you got Republicans who are just like, you know, climate change isn't a real thing. You know, you're like, really? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Maybe not to the extent that Al Gore is talking, but I mean, I think we have to admit there's something going on, right? <laughs> you know, there's definitely something up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, like, it's it's like it's very interesting. So like, to have the church kind of questioning the steps that science is taking, especially with like you know the finding of antimatter and the the quote unquote God particle, 
everything else. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's all very interesting to me. That I found much more interesting than like the first movie. You did, yeah, yeah, because like that 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 is much more interesting to me. Like from that aspect of it, you know, right. So, but overall, I enjoyed them both. Like I, I mean, I didn't have an overall problem with either of them. I thought the cat both in both movies the cast were very good. I mean, I didn't know Ian McKellen was in the first one. I was mm-hmm. I was a that was like a bonus. I was like, oh, Ian McKellen, and then you know. Swerve, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, oh shit. I thought I liked them. I, I thought. Yeah. They're just they're really well done. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, I did. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a problem with either movie. I, again, yeah. they were both well done. They were, and they moved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it wasn't like. You know. Yeah, they didn't drag either mm-hmm. one. No, nah, they moved pretty well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I got into it. Yeah, I, yeah, I had no problem with either movie as far as like the storytelling or yeah, you know, just the first movie, just the, the what ended up being the overall theme. I just made me a little yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, but I think that's it. I did download the new Harry Potter. Did you? Yeah, I downloaded it too, but I haven't even registered yet. Yeah. So what, what do you think of it? I'm, I'm curious. Like, I haven't talked to anybody who's actually played it. Really? Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, it plays similar to... Um, Pokemon Go. Similar. Yeah. I mean, it's very similar as far as, like... Yeah. The port key... Well, not port keys, but... Um, like, the ends and... Yeah. Like, Harry Potter, I mean... The... Um, what am I trying to say? Uh, Pokemon Go has like Poke Stops. Yeah, Poke Stops and, then, and the training centers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, all that kind of crap. Yeah. Gyms. And then you can turn the style on those gyms and you can receive Pokeballs or whatever gifts or stuff. Right. Like that. And this is different in a sense where you have to like go to an inn to eat yeah. and like do a little magic thing and then it gives you a plate of food, which gives you. It shows like bolts, yeah, and that's your magic power, right? And so you have to sustain that that magic power, mm-hmm. and uh, not sustain, but in order to fight things, yeah, like within the game to cast spells and stuff like that. I'm pulling up something now, right? Um, you have to. The game's real smart in the sense that it. Um, Something is entrapping these things from the world. Uh-huh. And, like, that's the stand for the Daily Prophet. Yeah. Okay. What I did is I just casted a spell. Right. So I got to break this curse. Uh-huh. That's pretty much what it is. Right. And if I break it, then it stops it, right? Right. And then you get... And that goes in your... Hold on. They call, they call them unfoundables or something like that. Right. You break that, it sends it back. You saw the dimension portal. It sends yeah. it back to where it's supposed to be. Right. Say on Diagon Alley or wherever it's supposed to be. Right. Um, so what you have here is 
see all these they'll pop up like that that's that those are your right things and then these are like seeds or potions you can brew potions right you know what i mean (laughs) and then if you go into this like registry see it's like filling in the puzzle okay so the things that you get from these encounters Mm -hmm. this is just one aspect of it right and there's all of these right you know what i mean so it actually there's a lot to do within the game itself mm-hmm. and then it gives you history and everything like right that. um so it's well thought out okay right i mean yeah. it's it's pretty well done so this is the exploration aspect and then there's events and mysteries and you have challenges and the overall arc is you're trying to solve this whole mystery of what's going on right so um and then like you have a potion vault you know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. Seeds. There's greenhouses that are all over the place too. Right. That you can grow. Right. For and stuff the, to make potions. Correct. Right. Right. And so there's dark arts. There's you know what I mean. Right. And as a prof- and it's just there's a lot to the game that um, like there's just a ton of shit to the game. Right. That uh, it keeps you involved. Like there's always something to do. Yeah. Like you have daily quests, then it's almost like you have to um, master like what you're doing. Like you choose your house, mm-hmm. and then I'll show you. I, I know it's weird because I just started playing this too. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but um, like profession. See, I'm an or, so mm-hmm. I can go into main zoologist uh-huh. or I can go into a professor right. you have these three and then under that you have like different tasks right right so you can go into lessons I mean fundamentals right and so it's sort of like it's progressive right, right. so you I have to battle certain things in order to gain these right and once you like gain like enough knowledge you can learn correct something. and then yeah. you, you learn a new spell it's sort of very you know, uh, role play, like, you know? And so once you have all these, you can, if you master that and then you just keep moving up the ladder. Right. So my goal is to try to master this and then move on to that. Right. And then move on to that. Right. Yeah. But you have your choice. You, um, you don't get sorted. Um, I, you get to choose whatever house you want. Right. A lot of people go on to Pottermore and get sorted, and then they go from there. It's not connected, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. I was just going to ask you if it was connected I, I don't know if it's... I don't think it is, but um, you can get sorted there and then yeah. choose your house here. Which I have been. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like it. I yeah. stopped playing Pokemon Go, put really? it that way. Wow, okay. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you were hardcore with Pokemon Go. Like, you, like Even after like the, the kind of the fall-off, You've still been like yeah. I'll, I'll tune it up every day. I mean, like I'll look at it every day, but I haven't played it a week. Yeah, wow. Maybe two weeks. Yeah. Well, since this came out, right. This is just much more involved. Yeah. Like it's more of something that I like. Right. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. And so the your so you go into these um in Pokemon Go is gyms um right. and this it's like 
training centers. Right. And so you go in, and then you have to fight um, to get these rune stones to start moving up to get these right. papers and books and stuff like that in order to be able to right. move up your thing. So, um, so you have to take on two wizards at a time, not at one time, but you have to pick a wizard. Yeah. Beat him, and then beat another wizard. Right. In order to gain the rune stone. Right. I know it sounds weird, but no. To gain the stuff that you need in order to be able to move up right. to become more powerful. Right. And so, which I like that aspect too. I, it's another dimension to the game. Right. You know, you're not just looking for shit. I mean, you're actually trying to build a character. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> so it's fun. I mean, it is. It's very. I mean, um. There's also port keys yeah. th- uh, that you can use and then go into another country or whatever yeah. and then pick up special items there Right. Um, that you have to walk a certain distance in order to activate them. Right. Um, there's just so much to this game. And I don't think I've gone through, figured out everything with it. Right. Like, I'd, I've been playing it for, like, what, since it came out, and I just started doing the greenhouses. Right. Like, I didn't... Couldn't understand why there was all this shit on the ground. I couldn't pick anything up. Right. Well, I mean, I could, but... Yeah, you have to drop something or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can get rid of items and stuff like that. So I haven't really explored that that part of it. I've just been fighting. Okay. <laughs> and it's it's touch screen, so, I mean, it, yeah. it draws it on there, and then you trace the... Yeah. Trace the, And then, you know, 40% of the time it won't work, and then you might have to use a potion to strengthen your... Right. Spell and then yeah, okay. And but it has all the characters in it. I mean, there's yeah. I mean, so far I've come across um, Jenny Weasley, Ron Weasley, Sirius Black, Dumbledore. Yeah, not Dumbledore. Um, yet I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, <laughs> but um, Jamie caught Harry Potter. So there, there's a lot of uh, trolls, um, magical creatures from Fantastic Beasts. Right. Um, and Harry Potter, like the right. centaurs, and, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, so there's a lot of things going on. Uh, and each one of those spinners represents, like, um, sports, uh, like Quidditch. Or yeah. uh, with the claw, that usually, I think, pretty sure that stands for uh, magical creatures. Uh-huh. Uh, the top of Hogwarts castles on one, that's gold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so there's... There's a, and sometimes when you pick one of these, if it's lit up, you it's a it's a wizard battle. So you, right. or you'll be fighting a monster or something like that. Mm-hmm. So actually, it's really good. It's addicting. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. Right. But uh, I think it plays a little bit better than Pokemon Go. Yeah, I do. I mean, it sounds it sounds more in depth. It's way more in depth than Pokemon Go. I mean, with yeah. Pokemon Go, you're trying to catch you're trying to catch the Pokemon, right? And then Pokemon Go will come out with special events, right? You know that meet at this gem and fight this creature, right? You know, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have events like this on Potter, right? Because it's similar; it's the same company, but um, but they've created a much more it's immersive role playing experience. Oh yeah, for than, sure. Than Go did. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it's it's you know there's just more to the world. Yeah. Harry Potter, obviously. Yeah, I mean, than, just, than there is with. It's really in depth. Yeah. 
It's 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 just yeah. a really in depth game. So I like that's the part of what I really like about it is I can just go into these different sections of the game. Yeah. And concentrate on those sections. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's cool. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely cool. I mean, like it's cool to see the creatures and right stuff from the movies. Right. And this is more of a. I don't know how to. It's cartoon, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like... But it looks really good. Yeah. I mean, graphically, it's it's excellent. Yeah. So, yeah. It's cool. I don't know if it's popular. I don't know. I haven't heard... Like, I, like when, it, when it launched, like, I would see on some of, like, the... Especially on Facebook, on some of, like, the, um, the groups I belong to. Like, you know, he, here's my Potter... Friend code, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and there was a lot of that, and that kind of died off quickly. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I, I, I don't think it's had the explosion yet that Pokemon Go had. Yeah. Um. But I don't like like the weird thing was like with Pokemon Go, like the 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 thing was you would travel around to try to find other creatures, right. to try to capture to complete your collection, right. Um, I don't know. I think that was the big thing about Pokemon Go, where I don't know with this. I mean, I I, I know, I know it was like it, it was at least in the like the one of the top downloaded apps last week. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know if it has that same interactivity where you have to go out and try to find all this other stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was... You had to do that with Pokemon Go. Like, you had to go to the parks. You had to go to these other places. Um, I mean, it's not like it does a little bit. Like, you say, like, going to the training centers and some of the other places that you have to go to. Right, right. But for the most part, you could probably just sit in the comfort of your home and do a lot of this shit, too. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember, like, you'd just, like, you'd drive past Renzi Park and you'd just see people with their phones out, like, you know? <laughs> yeah chasing random Pikachu and shit, you know. Um, I don't see that happening with with this, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but like that's the thing you haven't heard yet, is like that level of addiction. Yeah. Where people, yeah. Where people were like going out, like walking around cities with their phones up because they were like, you know, chasing some critter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Kenny went to Goldmine. Yeah. I mean, for... Yeah. I haven't been there, of course, and played this, but right. Um, there's just tons of inns and stops. And, you know, it's just yeah. the whole park is just littered with them. I mean, usually yeah. you'll you'll see like a tower, or right, with this one, or a greenhouse or a couple house inns to dine in to get magic and whatever. Da 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 da. Right, but in. <laughs> like Kennywood, like parks like that. Yeah, it's just there's like forty houses and yeah, four and, towers. And you you also have that that weird advantage, if I want to call it that, where like you know, part of your commute is you you park like twenty minutes away from work and have to get a shuttle. Right. You know, like you know, your company shuttles you to work. Mm-hmm. So like you have that opportunity to kind of sit on the <laughs> shuttle. Yeah. And. You know, driving through a little bit of Pittsburgh and, and and whatnot, like you know, see what's around you there too. Right. Which you know, the average person probably doesn't have. 
No, I get to play the game sitting on a shuttle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to blow that 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And get some cool stuff, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm... I'm it's definitely a cool game. The whole family's playing. Oh, I'm well, sure. I think Lisa, Lisa, Ellie, and Anna are playing. I don't know if Bree's playing or not. Yeah. But yeah, but it's I like it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, it really is because it's it's one of those things where, like, when you saw it come on, I was like, I wonder if it's going to be the phenomenon that Pokemon Go was. Yeah, I don't think it is. Yeah. But I think it's going to grow. I think it'll grow on people. Yeah. Well, Potter fans especially. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, Pokemon Go had that, like, that's very generational. Yeah. Where, like, <clears throat> you know, in many ways, like, some late kids who grew up in the late 80s, right on through the 90s and the 2000s, you know, so there's, like, you know, two generations of kids who, or right. maybe three, really, that, that were kind of like, yeah, this works for me. You know? Yeah. There are some 30, 35-year-old adults who were like, yeah, this works for me. Right. You right. know, who, but they were playing Pokemon cards when they were kids. Right. You know, like you picked up on it just out of the blue. Yeah. Like you, you never, you and I didn't play Pokemon cards. No. You know. Mm-mm. No, we didn't. No. Like I, I watched a cartoon. That was about it. That was my exposure to Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, there is like this large multi-generation of kids who that did strike a chord with Potter being a bit more recent yeah I'm, I'm just curious to like who it's you know who it's hitting with like who, who are the ones who are playing it right you but know? this might be the evolution of gaming as well somewhat well I, I think you're right you know I, I do think you're right I, I think I, I think like the the company's been smart like I other companies have tried this. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I first got my iPhone, uh-huh. like eight years ago, nine uh-huh. years ago, there was a game on there. It was like a D and D type of game that used Google Maps, and you know, you had to look around and find people or things to fight. Like it, it had that aspect to it, but it never took off because it was just a generic IP. You know, this company's had the advantage of using Pokemon and now Harry Potter as an IP to take that, what I thought at the time was like, well, here's the next evolution of what gaming is going to be. Right, right. You know, because you have this portable device that's, you know, as powerful or even more so than what a Sega Genesis was. Right, right. You know, um, and I, I think it's starting to take off. I think you're right. I think it's... I don't think it's going to replace console gaming or, or computer gaming completely, but I do mm. think it's an evolution in gaming of what gaming can be, you know, using real-life settings to create a fantasy world or something. Right, right. You know. I mean, I, there, there's supposed to be, either there was or is or is going to be a Walking Dead one, too, mm. where, you know, you're fighting zombies. <laughs> right, right. You know, so... Um, I mean, that's an interesting aspect, too. So you're using, you know, your home as, a, as a, an apocalyptic wasteland where you're fighting zombies. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. 
Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So, we got some more news from Comic-Con. Yeah. That Sony Pictures will be skipping San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. So, that's Warner Brothers, Universal, and Sony. Three of the big four. Um, well, I mean, in all honesty, all four. I mean, Marvel Studios is the only one going in. Uh-huh. You know, that's part of Disney. But Disney's not doing anything. Yeah. So it's mostly all TV shows. Um, Dateline has news on Sony Pictures skipping Comic-Con, which isn't much of a surprise, since they don't have a lot of feature films coming up that they feel suited for promotion at the convention. Uh, There's Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the filmmaker has come to the convention before with Django Unchained, but the Sony marketing team has to worry about promoting the film all over the place since it hits theaters the following week. Um, and of course, just because Sony doesn't have a panel of Comic-Con this year doesn't mean there won't be a screening of the film sometime during a convention, blah, blah, yakety schmackety. Otherwise, the only other movies that are close to, that are close enough for Sony to have possibly promoted a Comic-Con are Zombieland 2 Double Tap um, coming on October 18th and Charlie's Angels opening on November 15th. Uh, the Valiant comic adaptation, Bloodshot, would have been a good choice, but that's not slated for a release until February, uh, so it's probably too far out. And the same can be said for the Spider-Man comic spinoff Morbius with Jared Leto, slated for release on July 31st, 2020. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that Zombieland 2 isn't doing something. Yeah, I am too. And um, I, I Charlie's Angels just released our first trailer this week. Yeah. Um... So I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I don't think Charlie's Angels is specifically Comic Con. No. Like Hall H material. I, I think that would be something if, if Sony was doing a, a larger overall panel. Right. Where you, you'd introduce that and maybe bring out some of the stars. Um, but Zombieland 2 seemed like that would have been. Yeah, that probably should have been up there. Yeah. Don't you think? I, I would think so. I, I think that would have been a prime, a prime target to release the first trailer for. Yeah. You know? Put, get get the word out there. You have Woody Harrelson there and whatnot. <laughs> Emma Stone. Mm, Emma Stone. But, yeah, yeah that just seemed... So, uh, again, like, it, it, it seems like from what I can tell, for the most part, like, Warner Brothers release, like, you know, they're doing a big thing for TV. Yeah. Their TV shows, like, as far as, like, uh, the Arrowverse stuff and... Some of the other stuff that they have, uh, they're they're doing a, a big big ass couple of big ass panels uh-huh. from that stuff. So it, it's uh, like from a TV standpoint, these companies aren't pulling out, right? You know, uh, Warner Brothers is also doing a, a Game of Thrones panel, <laughs> and like the the producers are going to be there. Oh really? Yeah, they're going to. So I I wonder if people are going to get a lot of ask questions. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, so I, I find that interesting. Like, you know, so here's Game of Thrones coming in after the fact to do something at Comic Con. Yeah. Um, which is interesting to me. Uh, yeah, and uh, some of the other, like, HBO shows, Star shows, I, you know, everybody's kind of putting out their TV stuff, but n- nothing with movies, which I find very interesting. 
Yeah, that is interesting. Huh. Yeah. It's funny because we kind of depended on that, in a sense. And there was a lot of news that usually came out of that. Well, I mean, it's, and again, like, I mean, the only news you're going to really get is going to be, like, if Marvel does come out and release their their next phase. Yeah. Like, here's the next phase. Here's what we have planned for the next five years. You know, something like that. Um, I mean, beyond that, no, like, no, I mean, there's really nothing that's going to really take place at Comic-Con unless you're into TV shows. Right. You know, that, that's really going to be newsworthy. I, you know, so I find, I do find it interesting. And it's, like, you got to wonder, like, all, like, is it, like, it's just a situation where, like, all the major studios just don't have anything that they think is Comic-Con relatable? Maybe. Or, or is it more along the lines of, you know... This hasn't been what we what it's been cracked up to be. Yeah, you know, yeah. like how many films have you seen come out of Comic Con with major hype that end up falling on its face? Yeah, I mean, the prime example of that is Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> yeah, like, like that came out of Comic Con, and all you heard about was like, "Oh, this is going to be the greatest movie ever made." That was a fucking turd. Yeah, you know, I mean, even like I remember, like I, you know, I was all hyped up about Valerian. Oh I mean, god. Yeah, I mean, it's a bad movie. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was a turd. You know, it laid an egg. I get that. Yeah. You know, I so I mean, like, but at the time, like, I like I came out of Comic Con, all you heard about was the buzz of like it's kind of stole the show. Yeah. In yeah, a way, yeah. you know, everybody talked about like Luke Besson, big return to the big movie making, everything else, and you're just like, oh, okay, great, I can't wait. And, well, I wish I would have waited. <laughs> you know? yeah. But, um, yeah. So it's it's like kind of interesting, like how like. The hype that comes out of Comic Con, for the most part, for most of these movies, is very miss. Like they do a great job of hyping it up at the show, and once you get past the show, you're just like, when it hit, when it finally hits theaters, you're like, yeah, what was this all this hype about? Did you see Godzilla? You haven't seen that. I haven't yet. seen it yet. No. Did you? No. No. Okay. Good things, bad things. Have you heard? I, I've heard middling things. Oh really? Yeah. Like the, the bigger thing I heard is like it's, a, it's an improvement on the first Godzilla movie, but it's not as good as Kong. I see. Yeah. That's tough, because Kong was such a good fucking movie. Yeah, it was. You know, like, I, I don't know how that formula... I, I don't know if that can be replicated or what. Like It was just, it worked so fucking well. Well, Kong also has a human aspect to him, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the monster is like... You learn to love him in a sense. Yeah. I mean, you can connect with him. Right. As with Godzilla, you ain't connecting with Godzilla. Really. Well, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, to the sense where you're looking in Godzilla's eyes and you're like, I can feel his pain. I can see that pain. Yeah, like they tried to do that in the first Godzilla movie. Like, there, there's that moment where, you know, he's, he's laid out and, you know, that dude's kind of like laid out next to him, and they kind of look at each other. Yeah, you know, and like you feel like like Godzilla's got the shit kicked out of him today. You know? yeah. and, but he gets up and finishes the job. You yeah. know, you know. Yeah. Um, Grips the shield a little tighter. Yeah, yeah. He has a cat moment. Yeah. But like, it's like you're right. It's like it's it's like 
like Toho does it well because like Godzilla ends up becoming the defender of the Earth. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like I, I like the tact that that Universal was taken with Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Like this whole like the Titans of the Earth thing and like everything is kind of involved with that. And I, I want to see how that mythology gets played out in the new movie. Uh-huh. Um, but like at the same time, like you're you're right. Like Godzilla is just not that likable per se. Yeah. You know, where you're right, like, Kong, <coughs> unless unless he's, you know, forcibly fondling a, a woman yeah. <laughs> in 1977, right. um, you know, we, he's kind of hard to, like, like, to not relate to for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, they just did it, they just did him very well. Yeah. Didn't make, that makes you have a connection with him. Right, yeah. Um, but like it, like you said, Zilla, you know. Yeah. There's not much there. I mean, he's cool. I'm not saying Godzilla's not cool. Yeah. Um. You know, yeah. No, I get it. Like, I but mean, you're it, not going to sally up or anything. I I would. But I mean, that's just me. Like, you I know. mean, it's a lizard looking at you versus. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. like you know obviously like, yeah I get I get your point yeah. per se but I like. You know, with, with the exception of, you know, them killing off the the Godzilla in 1998, oh. <laughs> you know, where I did not weep, I was I almost cheered, you know, yeah. wishing Matthew Broderick was riding that bomb in, <laughs> like, <laughs> a, a Slim Pickens. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, like I, I get I get what you're saying though, it, it, you know. The average person is not going to look at Godzilla and, and gain that connection. Right, right. Where you do get that with Kong for whatever reason. <laughs> right. And they, they, they work hard. They think they work harder to give you that connection, too, with Kong. Yeah. Like that moment where, um, you know, the the chick, she puts her hand and touches him. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're like, oh, please don't do the Beauty and the Beast story again. And they didn't. No. But at the same time, like, you, you like they gain that... Like, you see her and and Hiddleston kind of gain that connection to the beast. Right. That he's that the beast is now willing to like do what he can to save her while also trying to kick some ass. Right. You know. Yeah. Like, you know, oh sure her neck should have been broken. But yeah. you know. But it was a, it was a good storyline. Yeah. The storyline right. was pretty good. Yeah. It made sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much sense as something like that's going to make. Right. But it had a decent storyline. Yeah. It wasn't dumb. Right. Uh, and Kong. I mean, there wasn't yeah. any parts in it that I felt, well, right. this is kind of stupid. I mean, maybe a couple, but not not really. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like Kong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to see Godzilla. I, I you know, um, I wish I would have seen it in the theater, but case raw. Yeah. You know, so... That's that. I, I just I just find it interesting though that like there, there's really nothing going to Comic Con this year, and like you just you wonder if that's a is this just a one time trend, or is this something that's going to just be continuing to to go I, on? I'm sure it's going to continue to go on. Yeah, I, I I just I think so too. I I just I think these uh these companies are smartening up and finding other ways to to promote. And maybe it's. Comic Con's run its life in that kind of direction. Yeah, and just going like we said before, back to basics of yeah, comics and art. And 
Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, next up, there's going to be a Flash Gordon animated movie, apparently, and it's being developed by uh, Takiki uh, Watali. Hmm. Uh, Takiki Watali, for those who don't know, he was the guy who directed Thor Ragnarok. So, um, <clears throat> the filmmaker is developing a Flash Gordon animated movie for Fox slash Disney, and there's a good chance he'll end up writing and directing the feature as well. Uh, the film will adapt the science fiction character being life in the 30s comic strip. Now, I mean, this is interesting only because, like, Flash Gordon has been one of those projects that you've been hearing, we, we've been hearing about for the entire six-year run of this show. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I've gone on record multiple times that I feel like Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers need to be revived somehow. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's like, this is one of those ones that are, like, you hear, like, such and such directors attached to, you know, to this project. And, you know, six months later, they're no longer attached. Right. You know, it's, it's like, it's just been in development hell forever and a day. Um, and now it's like Disney's, like, saying, fuck it, let's just do it as an animated movie. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, here's what the things here's where thing, okay, so Takiki Watali is doing something with a Flash Gordon animated movie for Fox and Disney here's where things get vague the report states that the filmmaker is on board to crack the project which means he's developing in some capacity but just how how involved Wataki will end up being remains to be seen there's a chance he'll write and direct the film but Wataki's camp indicates it's too early to gauge exactly what his role would be in other words, it's too early to tell what's going to happen, but now the news is out there. Um, in any case, Wataki's involvement with the project, no matter how major or minor, is going to grab attention, and rightfully so. Um, Wataki is also set to direct a live-action version of Akira. Um, plus, I believe at some point he's going to do a... That sounds a, interesting. A live-action version of, of Akira. Mm-hmm. That's all. I mean, that's another one of those ones that you've been hearing about since the nineties. Yeah. Like, I mean, all honest, like, I I hope he gets it done. Like, yeah. I, I think if there's a director that could kind of do it, who has the vision to do it, he's probably the guy. You know. Yeah. Um. As much as I dislike Thor Ragnarok at this point, uh-huh. only because like upon repeat viewings, it's not as good as I I initially felt like it was. Yeah. Um. I still respect him as a director enough that, like, I mean, he did a hell of a job directing the movie, even though I didn't like the direction it went in. Right. Um, and he's done other things, like, you know, um, things we do in the dark, mm-hmm. that movie, and he's also involved with the TV shows on FX that people have raved about. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like if, if there's a guy who has, at this point, the vision to do something like an Akira live-action movie, it's mm-hmm. him. But I also, like... Like I said, it one, it's so batshit crazy, I don't know if it can be done. And two, at this point, like... I don't know how you reset that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, now, Grant, I haven't watched Akira in over 20 years. And I should rewatch it at some point, mm-hmm. just because it deserves it. But like, it, oh my goodness. Um, but at, th- at this point, it's, just, it's one of those movies where 
I feel like it's it's okay. kind of dated. Alright, so after a little, little gas break. Um, it sounds to me like you, you, you are behind a uh, a Flash Gordon animated movie. Sure, why not? Okay. That'd be good. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I just want to see it done. Like, I, again, I, I feel the, the as, as, a, as an IP, it can be redone. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I'd much rather see it done live action, but at this point, if it's going to take an, an animated movie to get get me some Flash Gordon, I'll take it. My own, my, I, and as much as I, again, I like, you know, I can say I can appreciate the director for what he does. I hope he takes it more in a Marvelish field direction, like like a Marvel movie feels. Yeah. Um, and not a yuck yuck movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I want something a little bit more serious than yeah. the cheese fest it was. Yeah, as much as I love that movie. Yeah. You know, and I could watch it over and over again. Um, you know, I, I want to see something a little bit more serious. I, I, not, I, a Guardians of the Galaxy type feel, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you for know, sure. You know, not, not quite as yuck yucky as Thor. Yeah. But yuck yucky enough that I can appreciate it, but it's also a, a serious overtone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I did watch a movie this week. Oh, what'd you watch? Us. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, from Jordan Peele. That guy's got his shit together. It was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to say. Yeah. That I think I liked it better than the one before. Yeah. Yeah, it was much darker. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about both. I've never seen either. Oh, man. But, like, I, you know, I've just heard nothing but good things about both movies. Oh, it's a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. you'd really be into this one. Yeah, I, I want to see it. Like, I, I want to see that more than I want to see the first one. I, but I do want to see the first one. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah it's like. It's just really well done, I thought. Uh-huh. Like, it's artistic. Mm-hmm. But not, like, del Toro artistic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's frightening elements in it. And yeah. It's just good. Yeah. And she's amazing. Right. Um, and he's amazing. Yeah. The guy, uh, He played, what's his name, in Black Panther. So did she, but I mean, yeah. she was in Black Panther. Yeah, they're both. Too. Yeah, he was. He was the uh, the leader of the other tribe. Yeah, yeah. But even the kids were amazing. Yeah. Wait till you see it. Yeah. Like it was like, and it's somewhat predictable. I mean, like, somewhat. Yeah. But there were parts where I was like, "Whoa." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. Got me on end there. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like right. I was like, "Wow." I was yeah. like, "Do you see that?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like shit like that. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I mean, but from an acting standpoint, from her part, yeah, I, I find dead it very, on money. I find it very interesting, like a guy whose background is comedy. You know, he, I mean, he had, and he had a very successful show, you know, Key and Peele with, um, um, uh, Keen and Michael Key, mm-hmm. and like, you know, for him to like kind of like walk away from that 
and go into, you know, as a director, writer-director, making horror films that are striking a chord. Yeah. Like, they're, one, they're, they're just they're very well done. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first major thing. You have, like, he's making good movies. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, that is a cultural slant to him that he's t- in, in part of his storytelling. Sure. Um, that I, I, I certainly understand and don't begrudge him for doing, but still, he's making great horror movies, which most great horror movies do have some sort of cultural message to him anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, going all the way back to Romero. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I can appreciate that. And he's using the media to tell good stories and tell and give you a message as well. It's very well done. It's like surprising, like it, it like it's this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I of all the people who like kind of like would break through in this way, he's not the guy that you would have expected it to be. Right, right. You know, and I congratulate him on it. Like you you defied expectations. Right. You know what I mean? And I can appreciate that for Jordan Peele because like it, you wouldn't. I guess I, I. My next step for him was like you know he's going to be doing like you know, yuck yuck comedies. Right. You know he's going to try to be the next Kevin Hart or something. And no, he's like fuck that shit. Right. You know this is what I want to do. I want to do it well. I want to show you motherfuckers. And he did. Like yeah. you know like. Yeah right. You know you know I mean like I can appreciate that. I mean you know he he's going on to be like you know. Yeah, so far it's only two movies, but like you know, he's 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 batting, um, you know, a, a, a M Night Shyamalan at this point, you know, yeah. as far as like you know, two in a row, two two hard hard hitting, very well done horror movies, quote unquote. Yeah. Suspense movies. Yes. Yeah. It's wait to see it. Yeah, I was like, I didn't get up once. Yeah. I just sat there and. Watch this unfold in front of me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it was good. Yeah, like you, you had that, you know, pressure on you. You yeah. know, like yeah, angst. Right. Like move. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was it was nuts. So, very well done movie. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by it. Like, I mean, it, I give it an A. Yeah. Solid A. Like watching the trailers and stuff, I was like, "Oh, this looks interesting." Oh, and it was. Yeah. But, like, I've seen the trailers and everything, but it gets a lot deeper. Like, oh, I'm sure, yeah. It, like, really goes deep. Yeah, you, Like, this is a really deep, dark story. Yeah. You know? Like, it's not, like, on the surface. He, he does a very good job stuff. of JJing it. Like, he's only giving you the surface when he, in his trailers. Yeah. Like, it, it goes, uh, his movies go much deeper. Yeah, it looks like a slasher film. Yeah. You know, sort of yeah. weird, kind of, yeah. in the trailers. But once you start getting into the movie, it just goes down this rabbit hole where you're like, and things start to unfold. Yeah. And you're like, wow. You know? Yeah. It's it's just really good. Yeah. yeah I was quite impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen a movie like that in a while. Yeah. Like the like the new one that that's coming out about the married couple or the newlyweds in the mansion. Did you see that? Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, the one where they're they're trying to kill her. It's not to death do his part, but I think it's it something is. like yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one with uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah, and it looks good. Yeah, 
And it I, looks funny, too. Yeah, and it looks entertaining, and, yeah. you know, but it's, you know, and there's a, another element there, but it's still, that's real surface stuff. Yeah. It's surface suspense, surface, right. surface type. There's no other meanings. and Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Peele's got, like, it's it, you It's completely know. different. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Like, I, I, it comes across like that. Yeah. But it's not at all, so. But that one looks entertaining. It does, yeah. That, that did look entertaining. Yeah. And the gore factor looked really good. Yeah. On that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. All right, moving. I came across this article. This is in one of the um, um, podcasting groups I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um. An interesting statistic of there are seven hundred thousand podcasts mm-hmm. out there. Seven hundred seven hundred six thousand podcasts, according to uh, Blueberry, who tracks these sort of things. Um, but only eighteen percent of podcasts added an episode within the last three months. Oh. Which is fascinating. Um, and, and if you go from April of 2018 to April of 2019, only 39% of all podcasts were in production in the last year. Or to look at it through a different lens, more podcasts, 60%, were out of production than in. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's another article... Somebody wrote about this doesn't mean jack shit, but it, it kind of does. I, 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 the thing I wonder is like, do people get in the podcasting thinking it's a get rich quick scheme? I don't know. Like, what I, I'm, I'm, I would be curious to know. Like, I, I, I get why some, like, I, I mean. Like, you talk, like, the our friends at Besotted Geek. I mean, they've been at it for a while. They got tired of it. You know, it was a chore for them. They weren't enjoying themselves. Right. And that's why they walked away from it, which, you know, is understandable. But, like, it's always... One of those numbers that's always fascinating me has been out there is the average podcast does not last more than 10 episodes. Yeah. Now, I mean, there are some you can say, well, like, like Serial, like, you know, they'll put out, like, 10 episodes a year. Yeah. You know, but then, you know, but that's something a little bit different. Um, but the average podcast, it's like if you can make it to ten episodes, you have a chance of going on. Yeah. If you can't make it to ten episodes, it's a good chance you know you're done forever. Yeah. And like, I wonder if it's like a situation where, like, I'm going to start a podcast because all everybody else is doing it, and I hear about all this money that's out there that's being made, and you find out that like you know after six weeks you've only got a hundred people listening to you yeah if that yeah you know um yeah I mean, we don't do good numbers you know you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. like I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna pump us up at all like we, we are very we're, we're an average like the, the average podcast has has last I heard the average podcast has about 200 listens a week okay okay that's average yeah now that's probably because you sit there and you say, well, there's so many podcasts out there that what, you know, 
when you break down the numbers, how does it how does that work out? So like the ones who are doing a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, a million downloads a week. Yeah. Like I mean, those are astronomical numbers and I get why they're successful. Like but I mean there's also like some like you know, the magic number I was once told was if you can get to five thousand downloads a week, like you can start drawing in major advertisers, uh-huh. you know. Um, and that, to me, like, seems like a hard number to get to. Like, I mean, we'll never get to that number. Right. You know, six years in, I'm pretty satisfied with, like, our 200 listeners. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just, you know. Um, but it's, it's, an, it's a weird thing. Like, I, <laughs> I, I read this statistic, and I just wonder, like, how many people, like, go into it and do have that mentality of, you know, we're in it for fortune and glory. Right. And not just for fun. Right, right. You know, I mean, this is my hobby. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's that's what it is. It's it's never going to be more. Would, would it be great to, to break that barrier to become big shots? A- absolutely. But, I mean, I, I'm also a realist that understands that this is a hobby that's, you know, enjoy it and have fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um... I just I, I get, when I see numbers like this, where like only eighteen percent of podcasts put, put out an episode within the last three months, that number just shocks me. Yeah, it's pretty low. It is. It's extraordinarily low. Uh-huh. And it's also frustrating because then I'm thinking to myself, like, of all these podcasts that are out there, and if only eighteen percent are putting out an episode within the past three months, who the fuck isn't listening to us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. How are we so damn small then? We've been around for six fucking years. Right. So I, I just it was just a, something I saw and I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, do you, what, do you, what, do, what do you think? Like, what are your thoughts? Um, I find I, like I, like you said, I find it strange that only eighteen percent put out new episodes. Yeah, it just seems really low. Yeah, um, but maybe there's just so many to choose from, and they go back and listen to old, you know, yeah, old casts or whatever. I don't know. I mean. Seven hundred thousand is a big number. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, a lot of podcasting. It is. I mean, it's but it's also like a lot of dead podcasts. Yeah, just floating. Yeah, like, and again, I, like, I find that fast. Like, like, I mean, and there's they've 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 made podcasting easier and easier. Like when we started, you know, I worked my ass off to find cheap solutions for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause we didn't have the money to invest in, <laughs> you know, all this podcast equipment. And we still don't. And more importantly, don't have a place to put all that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, there's no place for you and I to set up like a, a real quote unquote studio. Yeah. Where the stuff was set up all the time and nobody would mess with it. Right. right. Like it just between your house and my place, there's just, there's no place for it. And even in my new, my new home, when I move in there, I really don't have a place for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, we're always going to be a low-budget, you know, what's the cheapest way we can make a podcast type of show. Yeah. And I mean, and when, that's what people want to say. Like, when we started this, I mean, it was recording. You know, I had to find some place that we could do it with my phone. Yeah. Like, we didn't have a laptop or a computer to use. Like, yeah. we, were, we were recording. We were using a, a, an, an iRig microphone plugged right into to, to my iPhone. Right. We recorded right then and there, and it did not have any edit options because we were recording right on the Spreaker's app. Right. Had no, like, now they've changed their app, so you do have edit options. I mean, they, they, there's another 
the website called Anchor where you can, you know, it's free and you can just put shit on there and edit it and do all this shit to it. Like, it's amazing, like, how podcasting apps have changed in the six years since we started this show. Right. Like, and it's like, I feel confident, like, if we ever get to a point where, like, this laptop is no longer a viable option, we can go back to using my phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. and that we wouldn't miss a beat for the most part, you know? So, I mean, there's that, there's that aspect of it. Um, but I also find it interesting, like, because it is so easy, like, because these apps have made it so simple to do without having to make a major upfront investment. Right. Which I would think would make it easier for you to say, okay, we can just keep going. Yeah. Like, in some cases, like, if you're using Anchor, you, you've got no upfront cost almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we, we pay a fee for Spreaker because I like their service. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to change it anytime soon because, you know, they, they've been a great host for us. Mm. Um, but, like, you know, if I'm just starting out and I, you know, I see Anchor as an option and I can still get it on iTunes and everywhere else that, that you know, people can get our podcast at. Yeah. Motherfucker, we'd be going for free. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so... I just, it amazes me, like, so if, if there's that little upfront cost to you yeah. to start, like, all you got to do is find, an, like, you know, maybe you don't even use a microphone to plug it in. Maybe you just use the, the mic, the mic on, the, on the iPhone if you want to be that fucking cheap. Uh-huh. You know, it, it, at least spend a little bit of the money to buy a microphone that plugs into the phone. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't you just continue, even if you didn't have any numbers? Like, like are you just like that, like, depressed? Like, man, we're eight episodes into this. Nobody's listening to us. Fuck it. I'm done. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know. Maybe we're just idiots. Maybe. (laughs) And that's always the other possibility. We're just banging our heads against the wall because we enjoy it. Right. But, like, it just, it it baffles me how, like, looking at that number was just so surprising and eye-opening to me. And it made me appreciate our longevity and... And determination to just kind of keep going. Yeah. No matter what. Right. You know, like it, it's this has become a cornerstone for us where like we both look forward to it each and every week. We get together, we get to chat, chat, we talk about the things we love, we hang out a little bit afterwards. You know, but it's also given us friends like 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 Tim and like Stork and Peacock and you know Thad's always been a friend, but I mean you know he, he he's there as well. But I mean like you know. Plus other people like online, like Neil and Annalise, and like there's so many people like that podcasting has opened us up to, or me up to even. Yeah. That, like at this point, I couldn't imagine, like going all the way back to like those first ten episodes. Like, I would have never imagined quitting. Like it never crossed my mind. Like you know, no matter what the numbers were, like, and I looked at them every day. Like now I look at them every couple of days. But like, back then, like I was like like almost every hour looking at numbers. Like. We got one more listen. Okay, great. You know. Yeah. Um, where now, like, so like back, like, it would have never crossed my mind after ten episodes for us to be like, you know, man, this just isn't doing it. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. We're two and a half months in, and fuck it. <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. Like, I, I couldn't imagine it back then. Yeah. Like, I, so I just wonder what like the mindset of other people are that are, you know, that they're that are abandoning shows that quickly. Like according to statistics, right? But like, who are just like out of these like seven hundred thousand, you know, how many of them like 
how long did they go on for? Right. What made you decide to quit? You know, it's 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 a fascinating it's a fascinating subject to me because, like I said, we just continue on like a couple of <laughs> jag offs who you know right. just do our thing and keep moving. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there's that. So that's uh, it's the Partonio mailbag. All right. Mailbag. We got one email, and this is referring to a show from two weeks ago. So, and this is from our good friend, super fan Thad. Okay. Uh, Thad writes in, "Who are my two favorite hosts? Who are regulars at the Blue Oyster?" Hmm. Bum, 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 na, na, na. Hmm. I remember it like yesterday. And Sean took me to the Blue Oyster. We danced all night. My face smushed up against Sean's chest. I remember making Sean... No. 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 No, 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 no. My goodness. I had some really good peanut butter cups the other day. No, no, I did not poke a hole out in them. I had a Clark peanut butter cup that Tim was talking about. Damn, that shit was good. I don't have to look for these. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen them. Yeah. Sorry about the short ride in. It's been a busy week, and I am waiting for my car oil change. Well, I'm glad you could sneak us in during an oil change, you jag off. <laughs> That's it. I guess Tim didn't write in last week because he had to write. Yeah, I, I'm... We're recording on Friday again. Yeah. So this is our third Friday in a row. This is not, this is not making us a habit. <laughs> yeah. Get back to our Saturdays. But, um... Oh, I, Anthony was very disappointed. Neither of us knew who James Wan was. He was the guy who directed uh, Aquaman. When oh. We talked about Aquaman last week. Yeah. Like we didn't know he was like in the con. He directed the Conjuring or yeah, all yeah. that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay. He, he's like, he's like, he was yelling at the at the the phone. Nice, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I was doing the same thing as I couldn't remember the fucking TV show Entourage. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm driving to work on Monday. I'm yelling at myself. It's fucking Entourage, jackhole. <laughs> nice. So. And a couple of people pointed that out to us. Pointed out to me like, hey, the show you were thinking about, as Honorage Jackass. Like, yeah, yeah, I figured that out. All on my own. Hmm. I said, well, anything you'd like to add to the proceedings? No, son, I'm good. All right, well, um, before we finish up, I do want to wish uh, Nancy a happy birthday. Her birthday is on Sunday. Cool, happy birthday. Yes, um, I won't reveal her age. But, um, (laughs) so, I'm excited about that. We're... We're going to our sister's house tomorrow for a little soiree. That'll be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's that. So, yeah. So, happy birthday, babe. I love you. I know she won't hear this, but, you know, at least it's on the public record. <laughs> yeah. Um, remember, if you want to reach out and touch us like these fine folks have, uh, you can send us an email. Uh, and that email address is uh, pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also find us on social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter specifically. Uh, just search Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very easy to find. And uh, 
Lastly, we are, we are a member of a number of different podcasting networks. Uh, we are a member of the uh, the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the High Voltage Network. Not High Voltage. Good Lord. Uh, the Danger Entertainment Network. Um, so just give uh, them a Google search, and you'll find all the great podcasts that they have to offer. And lastly, as always, we want to thank you, the listener, for checking us out each and every week. We can't uh, thank you enough for enjoying our hijinks and uh, shenanigans. Nice. Yes. So if there's nothing else to add, on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace.